Well, we're going to go ahead and get started. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 13. As you are turning there, a couple other quick announcements uh, I forgot to make earlier today. One of those is uh, Wednesday nights are our uh, home group, which is our, we're going over the bait of Satan, it's called, and it's how not to take an offense. It's a wonderful older uh, uh, study that we have done in the past, but we decided to pull it back out because it's just so relevant for today. Uh, you know, it's just a relevant message today because there's so much offense going on around the world today that we thought it would be really, really good to go through this study again, and we've had a wonderful time doing that. So if you want uh, directions on how to get to my home, that's Wednesday nights. We start at 7 o'clock. If you want directions on how to get there, I would be happy to give you directions. Uh, so just see me afterwards. And then the other quick announcement I wanted to make is that we've been notified by a uh, young lady that needs some help. Uh, she just moved into an apartment and has no beds has no furniture, has no, she has nothing, basically, uh, other than air mattresses. And uh, she asked us if we could uh, maybe make an announcement if someone has some extra furniture and or beds uh, that could assist, we would be happy to uh, make arrangements on how to get that out to her. So if you want to see myself or my wife, uh, we'd be happy to make arrangements to do that. If you have anything that you want to throw out or want to get rid of, uh, we'd be happy to help her out with that. So, all right. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor, and that is buckle up, because we're about ready to go down to a uh, very interesting topic today. As you know, next week, how many of you know, what, what is next Tuesday? Anyone, anyone know? Election day. election day. Thank you. Next Tuesday is Election Day, and although we are not voting for a uh, president this election, it is a very uh, important topic and a very important thing to talk about. In fact, it fits in very nicely with our series of sermons that we have been doing We've been going over what's called incorporated and how you incorporate Jesus Christ into everything in your life. How do we take everything that Jesus does and incorporate that into our lives? How do we live for Jesus is basically the subtitle of what this sermon could be, uh, could be and, and we could name. Last week we talked about how it means to have Jesus incorporated in your church and what that means. And, and before, if you missed it, uh, just understand that Basically, there are churches out there today, and even any church can lose sight of what Jesus has done. And so it's how do we incorporate Jesus in all that we've done? We've talked about family, we've talked about arts and entertainment, and we talked uh, about uh, the church last week. Today I want to talk about the government. Now, before I begin, I want to lay some ground rules here, so can you all go with me here, right? This is a political conversation a little bit, Right? But we're not getting into the Democratic-Republican conversation. We're not getting whether one side or another side of any topic here. I personally have my own, uh, my own personal feelings on things, and I would be more than happy to sit down with you over dinner. Again, I'm trying to get dinner out of all of you guys here, right? So help me out here, right? But I'd be happy to sit down with you, not even for dinner. I'd be happy to sit down with a cup of coffee and share my beliefs on these types of things. But I cannot tell you one way or another, how to vote. And I will not tell you one way or another how to vote. It is, yeah, I guess I don't drink coffee, so it would have to be hot chocolate, right? And I'll sit down and have a cup of hot chocolate with you. But, um, but I do want you to understand that there's a process here. When we talk about incorporating Jesus in all that we do, it's not just incorporating Jesus to do the things that we want to do. Do you understand that Jesus is also wanting to be incorporated in the government of the United States? 
He wants to be incorporated in all governments. In fact, we can also make the statement, it'd be very biblical in saying this, and it is a very biblical statement to say that all authority that's given to any man on this earth is installed and in place and allowed by Jesus. And so we have to understand that. Because when we think about that for a moment, we can say, well, if I don't like the current president, then I don't want to believe that Jesus allowed that current president to be president. If we didn't like the president before him, then you would probably say, I didn't really like that president before, and so I don't really want to think that Jesus allowed that president to be in. But Scripture tells us that all government, all authority is given to him. So here are the, here are the, uh, the parameters that I want to say. Please don't allow yourself to go to the political conversation, whether it's Democrat, Republican, one side or another. This isn't about any of that. Jesus doesn't care whether you're a Republican. Jesus doesn't care whether you're a Democrat. He does care about the standings of certain parties and what they stand for. But I want you to understand that there is a reason why we have to understand that God wants to be involved in government. He wants to be involved in this process, and he wants us to be involved at the same time. Isaiah 9, chapter 6. It's not Christmas yet. I know everyone's going, what are you bringing out a Christmas verse for, right? It's not Christmas yet. I understand that. But I wanted to show you something here for a moment. Isaiah 9, verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. I want to just pause here for a moment and say that when Jesus came to this earth, the government is on his shoulders. It was on his shoulders when he was walking on this earth, it is currently on his shoulders, and it will be on his shoulders when he returns. It is there for him to handle. This is a wonderful Christmas, and I'm sure you'll hear this again in a few weeks as we approach the Christmas holiday, and Miss Tanya has all her Christmas trees up, right? But... As we get closer, it's going to be important. But it's not just a Christmas verse, because this shows that for untrusted child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders. What does that mean, the government shall be on his shoulders? The government is on his shoulders, so God is in control of all things. And this is something that we forget. God is in control of all things. God allows certain people to be elected in certain positions, good or bad. You understand that scripture, if you look back at the Old Testament, you look back even through the New Testament, you find story after story where God anointed or allowed a person to be in leadership who wasn't very good. He wasn't a good guy. He wasn't a good person. But God allowed that because he wanted his will to be done. And sometimes a leader who didn't follow what everyone else should have followed needed to be put in place to drive his people to do what they are called to do. Let's pray, and then we'll jump into Romans chapter 13. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, I pray as I stand before these people to share this message that you have given. I have done my part. Father, I've done everything I can to study up and to prepare myself for this. And now I ask you, Lord, that you go beyond my ability to take this word that you have given, these, these verses that you have given to us, and that you would just explain them to us. Open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts to receive what you have said to us and what you would like to say to us even now. Lord, speak to us. Help us to learn that the government is truly on your shoulders, but you still call us as Christians to have a place in that government, to, to have an action, to, to be of active minds when it comes to the government. And so, Lord, I pray today that you would just guide us, that you'd strengthen us, that you'd help us in this place to receive you, to walk with you, and to know 
where you're at. Open our eyes and open our ears, Father. May your words be my words, Father. May I not speak my own, but may I speak the very things that you would have to say to us today. We give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles again, turn to Romans chapter 13. Starting in verse 1. Paul begins to tell the Romans, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Let's pause there just for a moment before we continue to read the rest of this. It is very clear in, what, in Paul's writings to us that the governing authorities, all governing authorities in your life have been placed there for a reason. It is a calling. It is a gift. God gives the, the, the people in authority, the people that he puts as leaders, it get, it's a gift from God. God has called that person to that position. He has given that authority to that person. And so we have to understand that we are to subject ourselves. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority that which God has no, there's no authority except that which God has established. Now, before we go on, I just want to I, I, I want you to understand this Paul's not speaking in the US in the year 2018, the year two thousand I guess it's 2019, right? I'm a year behind. It's not the year 2019, right? Paul is speaking during the Roman siege of Christians. You understand why Paul is saying this? Paul is at risk of being arrested. Paul is at risk of being killed, of tortured. He eventually will be. By the very government that he's telling the people to subject themselves to. Do you understand what this means? What, what he is telling Paul, what he's telling the Romans, and he's telling the Roman Christians specifically, is that you are to subject yourself to the authorities that are in your life. That means the very authorities and the very subjects are the ones that are abusing the Christians during this time. Paul is telling to give. Now, wait a minute. You're looking at, and I, I would be looking at Paul going, You're crazy, Paul. You've officially lost it. Why is this important? This is important because God sets up these governments. God sets up the, uh, these authorities. He sets this up for a reason. If his plan is good, if we believe and trust in God and all that he has done and all that he will do, we have to trust that the authorities that are in place have been placed there by God and we must subject ourselves to them. Now, does that mean we believe that everything they do is right and we follow them? No. Scripture also tells us not to uh, we, we obey authority, we subject ourselves to the authority to the point that they tell us to do something that is against God. God's rule and standard sets the, the armor bearer, if you will. He is the, the, the flag bearer. He's the one going forward. He's the one that sets that. We do that. But even when we don't like the people in authority, even when we don't like the people that have been elected, we are still called to subject ourselves to them. And later on, we will see that not only are we to subject ourselves to them, that we are called to pray for them on a daily basis. Let's continue. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. The rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. 
They are God's servants, agents. Uh, they are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why. And Paul, couldn't you have said why we didn't have to pay taxes? You had to go here. This is also why you pay taxes for the authorities or God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Listen, Paul is laying out this so clearly here. I can almost shut the Bible and walk away and say I'm done just by what Paul's words. Again, I will say what I've said the last three weeks. Paul says it better in one paragraph or one sentence than I could ever say in a whole uh, 40 minutes of a sermon. Paul sets this out, sets a standard. Paul is speaking to the Romans and he's telling these Romans that you have to submit yourself to them. This is, this is not, it's easy for us to say this today in the culture that we live in today. It, there's no fact, I, I mean, I have no problem standing up before you and saying that the culture that we're in today under the current president of the United States is easier for the churches than it was in the previous president. I'm not saying I, I like or dislike the current president more than the past president, but I can tell you that the culture of the church today is, is much easier because of what the current president has done than what the previous president did. Does that mean that I don't pray for the previous president or I don't pray for the current president if I don't like it? was didn't know. You found myself, if, you, if four years ago or three and a half years ago, you found myself on my knees praying for our current president, even though he took away a lot of the liberties that the church has had. There's a lot of people in our government that we don't like today. There's a lot of people that we could say are, we're such a divided culture today. The, the left and the right is so far from away from each other that they can't even see what, re, what resembles the middle. We can talk about what's right. We can talk about what's wrong, and that's fine. But we have to be understanding that when God places a leader in our life, we must give that authority and give that honor to that authority who's been placed in our life. Now listen, this doesn't just end with the president of the United States or the governor or the mayor of the city. This goes all the way down the line. This includes the people that you report to in your, in your jobs. Do you understand that? Who you report to in your job. You may not like that person and that's okay, but God has placed that person in leadership for a reason and therefore they have the authority and you should subject yourself to them. That doesn't mean that you have to like everything they do. It doesn't mean that you go down and, and you have to just uh, have a brown nose, I guess is the best way of saying it, and, and, and do everything that you tell. No, you can stay on your own behavior. You can say, I don't agree with you. You can do those types of things. But the simple fact is that when someone is placed in authority over your life, that is a God-given authority that they have placed in your life. From the president, what's that? Oh, <laughs> yeah, pastor too. For that matter. If you don't like me, that's your problem. You're missing out. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. No. <laughs> Paul is speaking about this. We're all placed, these, this authority is given to us. This authority is put before us. Now, it's hard to reconcile in our mind how God can take someone who we may not really like, who may even do something that is not really a Christian principle and put him in charge and we could find benefit of that. That is very hard to think about. It's very hard to understand. But all it takes is, listen, if you would just take time to open up your scripture and read the Old Testament, you would find 
king after king, leader after leader that was installed and placed by God who caused major harm on the people, but yet God still called them to honor that leader. I know it's hard to reconcile in our mind, but we have to understand, like Paul did, is that when he calls us to subject ourselves to the government, to put ourselves in that place, he wasn't calling us to just like the party that we identify with. He called us to identify with the whole entire government, to pray for them, to be there. Again, I'm not saying that you should go do things that are not Christian, right? Never once in Scripture did Christians get punished for not doing what God called them to do. We can go on and on and on and share stories. In fact, we will in a moment about Nebuchadnezzar. Perfect example. But God calls us to honor the authority that's been placed in our life. Paul says that there's no government that is outside of the authority of Jesus. There's no authority that's placed there. If all authority has been placed by God, that means the Lord may even place people we don't agree with to get us to the place we need to be. Do you understand that? Sometimes we don't need someone who sees everything with us eye to eye because we get so lackadaisical in our beliefs. We get so easy. Oh, the world's great. Everything's going fine. I'm just going to live high and dry and I'm going to do whatever I want to do. That's when God comes and places someone in our life that causes us to be driven to something greater in our lives. Sometimes God uses a bad situation in our life to drive us to a good place. That not only means sickness, that not only means injuries, that not only means all of those things, but that also means sometimes he uses a bad leader to get us off our keister and moving forward in the right direction. He wants us to be moving always, to be following him in all things. And sometimes he's going to place someone in our life that's going to cause a thorn in our side so that we have to get up and move because if we didn't, we would always be in the same place that we always were before. I love the story of Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego. I love this story. I love the song that we sing. There's another one in the fire. But you know, the one that was in the fire, the three that went into the fire, was honoring King Nebuchadnezzar before they went into the fire. The very words that they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, they called him king. They honored him by his title. They honored him for what he did. Does that mean that they set back... King Nebuchadnezzar didn't just throw Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. They weren't the first three that went into the fire, by the way. There was hundreds, if not thousands of people that were killed because of that very fiery furnace that he's talking about. He was a very evil person, and yet he was, Scripture shows us that he was installed by God. So now we have a leader who was installed by God, who has this evil thought of, I'm going to kill Christians, I'm going to kill people who don't idol or don't follow the idol that I built. I'm going to kill them and I'm going to throw them into this fiery furnace. Why did he do that? He did that because God wanted to move his people. And how did he move his people? He put Shadrach, Meshach, I always want to say Radshak, Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego, right? He wanted to put those in there. And instead of doing that, he put another one in the fire with them to walk through that, that difficulty. 
King Nebuchadnezzar was not a good guy. But they honored him even before they walked into the fire. The very fact that they honored him, the one that was about to kill them, is a huge, huge signal for us. I want to talk a little bit about this. Now, if we believe that all authority in heaven, scared me too, if all authority, <laughs> I keep my hands out of my pocket because I don't know what happened. I stuck my hand in my pocket and it cracked on me. But if we believe that all authority in heaven has been placed by God, then we have to understand what is our position as Christians? What are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to just be silent and not do anything? No, absolutely not. We are supposed to be active in our government. We're supposed to be active. We're supposed to be the ones taking Jesus into those places. This whole series of sermons called Incorporated means that if we learn to incorporate Jesus into our lives and into everything that we are, then it's going to change everything that we do. When you go next week to vote, I hope that you don't just go and vote. First of all, I hope that you all go and vote. Even though it's not a president presidential election, you should all, it's our duty. If you're sitting here today and you call yourself a Christian, which means you follow Jesus Christ and you believe that he died on the cross for your sins, if you're here today and you're of legal age and you're able to do it, then you should be in that polling, that polling booth and voting. Whether it's a presidential election or not, there are many important things that are on the, on the dockets. But what do we do as Christians? How do we get involved? Do, do I just sit there and say, do I get behind the Republicans? Do I get behind the Democrats? Do I get behind a third party? Do I get behind the Greenpeace party? Or do I get behind the independents? Do I become a nationalist? Do I become a, what am I? What do I do? What, what am I supposed to do? Well, the very first thing that we're supposed to do is understand that wherever we take ourselves, if we're Christians and we're incorporating Jesus inside of us, that means we are to take him wherever we go. So what that means is that before you go and vote, you should be looking at what, char uh, what character, someone said that's not the right word. What, what <laughs> I know, but I said characters, and it's funnier when I say characters and it's candidates, but I don't want to go there. So what candidates are on the ballot? What are the things that we should vote for? What are the things that we should vote against? What does it all mean? The biggest problem that Christians make is that they believe that God is in control of all things, so that means I have to do nothing. That's not what I'm saying. If you leave here today and you think by any stretch of the imagination, I told you you don't have to do anything, you're wrong. Because God does install leaders and all authority of leadership is given by him, but he allows us also to play a part in that. He allows us to go. It's when the people stop caring, it's when God places people in their lives that's going to make them want to care so that then the next time it comes around, they're going to all go vote because they did some, the previous person. God moved those people. So if we are active in our faith, if we are incorporating Jesus in all that we do, then we would go and vote. We would know who's there. It drives me nuts to see, I, I love it, you know, I go to the polling booth and, and I'm in there and, and I can hear the last time I voted, I could hear this lady on the other side go, I don't know any of these people. I've never heard of any of them. And I literally heard her start going, eeny, meeny, miny, mo." <laughs> and I just, I really wanted to go and go, are you serious? Vote for this person because this is a really good person. This is what this person stands for. This is what you should, this is, that, I was shocked. I'm like, really? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. No wonder we, no, I'm kidding. So, 
The truth of the matter is, as a Christian, we should be involved in politics. We should be involved in government. We should take what the Lord has taught us, our principles. See, the, the, the whole idea of this series is that you need to start building a foundation. If you have a foundation on which you stand for in Jesus Christ, then when you go and you vote, guess what you're going to vote upon? You're going to vote upon the principles that Jesus taught you is most important. You're going to vote with, Christian, with a Christian mindset. You're going to vote with Christ on mind. So when you go there and you sit down, you're going to say, does this candidate believe what I believe? Does this candidate stand for what I think I should stand for? Does this party stand for what I stand for? Does this, what does this party stand for? What does this party not stand for? And we vote based upon that. But too many of us go in there. Now listen, we may know who's running for president. We sometimes know who's running for Senate. We sometimes know who's running for mayors. But outside of that, the judges, the treasurers, the school boards, do we know these people? Do we actually investigate this? As Christians, it's our duty to do that. We should investigate these people. We should, we should ask the questions. Even going one step further, what are the common causes? Are you going to vote for, that, uh, for the, um, the police, the fire department, the school levies, whatever it is? What are you going to vote? Do you know everything? Have you spent time really investigating this? Have you talked to the people in charge? Have you went there and said, do I, do I have an educated decision on which I'm going to make? Or do I just go there and not, do I believe what I hear? See, the biggest problem that we as Christians still fall into is that we believe the mass of what we're hearing outside is the truth, and that's far from it. If you're listening to people who are not Christians and gaining your thought process on how you should vote on a particular issue, then you're doing it completely wrong. Your mind should not be guided by non-Christians. Your mind should be guided by the Bible and the foundation of that. And that's where all your voting principles should come up. You should be able to make a decision on your own after going to the Lord in prayer. If you stand before the Lord and you pray and say, God, do you want me, how do you want, who do you want me to vote for? The Lord, if we believe that Jesus is incorporated in everything that we do, he's going to respond to you. He's going to speak to you. He's going to help you. Too often, we go there with absolutely no knowledge. Have a knowledge of what is really going on. Do some research and please go beyond what the general media puts out. Go beyond what social media tells you. Go beyond what the, what the loudest mouth in, for whatever side tells you. Go beyond that. Do some research. Go and ask the people who are running what they believe about subjects that are important to you. Go and ask them, how are they going to use this? If you say yes, if you say no, how are you going to handle this situation? What are you going to do with this? Have a knowledge, do some research, and go beyond what we hear. We also must understand that it comes with a foundation. Our foundation, our principle, our walk in Christ should change us on how we think about things, how we vote, how we walk, how we handle the government. It's the foundation that's most important. Can you go to the next slide, Chad, please? It's what we do with our Christian principles in mind that matters most. If you go to the, if you go to the, uh, the, the ballot, the, the uh, voting, I'm trying to think of where it's, it's at, Neomed here in Richstown, right? Is that where it's at? If you go to Neomed on Tuesday without any knowledge and you stand before that and you say, okay, I'm going to vote for here. I'm going to do eeny, meeny, miny, mo. You're doing a disservice. You're doing a disjustice. 
You stand before that and you decide and, you, and, and you've done research, you've prayed about it, and you go there and you still don't know that's okay, I understand that. Listen, there are judges that I've had really hard time choosing which way I should vote because I don't know them. Tried to. I've tried to find information, but sometimes we can't. But that's when I have to rely on the, uh, the call of Christ on my life. I have to re- rely on him to lead me and direct me and what he's going to say to me and where he's going to tell me to do. It's our Christian principles that matter most. Listen, I, I, it's, it's hard for me to stand here and tell you that, the, but, but honestly, government is intended for the people, but it's also intended for the people who vote and who, who follow, follow what's going on. Yes, God does put people in authority. Yes, God does place leaders in our lives who need to be in our leaders at, our time, at a time. But God also wants you to vote on and use your principles. He wants you to understand that when you become a Christian, your life should begin to change. You should begin to think about things different. You should begin to act different. I once said in a sermon that you should begin to even smell different. I don't know if that's so true, but you should act different. You should be different. So that means you should not be the same voter as everyone else who's not a Christian. You should come prepared to that. And your foundation should lead you to what you want to vote for. Is Christ at work in you? Are you trying to live like Him? Why would you not want your foundation of your faith to play the same role? It's hard for me to believe that some people go to a voting booth and they vote for someone who is against everything that they would stand for everything that they stand for. Whether it's their, their, just, their past, their, their, what, they, they, what they stand upon, their, their, their party that they stand for, whatever. It's, it's amazing to me that people go there and they, they forget their Christian principles when they're going to vote. You should remember your Christian principles when you vote. What does Christ tell us to do? He tells us to take him with us wherever we go, and so therefore you should do that. But understanding this principle is very important because as a Christian, we are called to take him with us, which means that when we go into the realms of government, we should take him with us. When we go into the realms of voting, we take him with us. When we support a candidate, we should take that with us. When we support a side of what's going on in our community, we should take him with us. The truth of it today is that the government is supposed to be a representation of the people. And the sad truth is that some of that today is really the representation of the people. The government is today a very good representation of the people. The people are so divided on almost every topic. We as people, we as people are so divided on this topic that we forget that politics are just something that divides us and we should be people who are coming together for a reason. We love each other. We walk with people. We walk with our neighbors Let's incorporate Jesus into our lives and trust him to bring forth leaders who are supposed to be in charge. If we truly trust that this is the word of God, if we truly trust that this is the inspired word of God, that God wrote this or allowed this to be written for us, then we should understand that the very words in this should change everything that we do. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 2. It's not on the slide, Chad, so just I'm pulling a, a fast one on you. 1 Timothy chapter 2. 
Verse 1 says, First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the one, come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, there is one mediator between God and, and men, that is the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom of all, which is the tres- testimony given at a proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, I am telling the truth, I am not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and in truth. Paul is urging Timothy that all supplications and prayers, intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people. That includes for kings and for people in high places. All authority that has been placed in our communities, in our lives, and in our walk, we should pray for on a daily basis. You want to see the government change? You want to see this world change? I can't promise you that the next uh, go-around of presidents that who's going to be voted in and who's not going to be voted in. I can't even promise that the way things are going today that the current president will be there for much longer. As silly as everything that is that's going on in Washington, D.C. today, I can't say any of those things. But what I can say is that every single person that's there, whether I like them or not, have been appointed by God, and therefore I pray for them. I can't tell you that I agree with every single person in my life. I can't say that I have, I have agreed with all the bosses that have been in my life. But I will tell you that I've prayed for every single one of them. There's some people in here that know exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about my business career and some of the people that were in charge of us. Isn't that right, Teresa? But we still pray. I still prayed for them. I still lifted them up in prayer because they were placed in my life for a reason, even if I didn't like it. The government today, when we think about ourselves being incorporated with Jesus, what that means is that everything we do, everything we say, everywhere that we walk, we take him with us. And so that includes what's going on in the government. We as Christians have a responsibility. And this is where I want to begin to wrap this up. But we as Christians have a responsibility. The world today is so divided. Governments are so divided. We as Christians can stand in the gap. When, the, when Scripture tells us to stand in the gap, guess what? It means to stand in the gap of a time that is like right now. The gap is that there's a far left and a, well, that would be a far right on my, that would be your far right, far left. And there's a middle ground here. We are the ones that are supposed to be pulling people together. If we really incorporate Jesus, then what we can do, if, if Jesus is really incorporated in our life and he's begun to be incorporated in our government, then what we can do is we can stand up and say, I'm going to pray for every single person that's on that ballot. I'm going to pray for the people who are voted. I'm going to pray for the people who are in leadership positions that I am subjecting myself to. And I'm going to be the best citizen I can be. Now, if they ask me to do something that God would not ask me to do, then I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stop short of that. But I am going to follow them, and I'm going to, I, and even at that time, even if I have to walk through a fiery furnace, I'm going to honor that person. That means even if I have to tell that person I'm so angry at you because I don't agree with anything you're doing, but guess what? I'm going to pray so I can heap some burning coals on your head. No, I mean, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you because that's what Scripture tells us to do. We are not to be inactive Christians when it comes to the government. That's far from the truth. 
God never once said that we should not be involved in this. God never once said that we shouldn't be praying and, and seeking and hoping and, 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 and uh, doing all that we can to have someone voted in uh, because we like that person and we, we, we stand with that person because they stand with our principles. But for heaven's, for heaven's sake, please, whatever you do, take your Christian principles to do that. Remember, when you're voting for someone, would they be happy? Would they, would they agree with you or would they disagree with you? And then when someone gets in charge that we may or may not like, would we still pray for them? I'm going to ask you to stand for a moment. Not for a moment, but stand as we begin to end. I believe today that we have a calling on our, on our lives. I believe that some of you in this room are called to, to do greater things. Uh, not only, I think we're all called to do greater things. Let me put it that way. But I believe that today we have a position to play. I believe today that we have a responsibility. And our responsibility is not just to, not just to sta- stand back and say, oh, it's okay if this person gets voted in or this person gets voted in. No, I believe our responsibility is that we need to be bringing the world back together. As Christians, we have the only message that can bring both sides together. Some may never come. Some may never want to even hear what we have to say. And that's their choice. We're not responsible for that. But what we are responsible for doing is praying for the people who are in leadership. We are responsible for being active and voting. Listen, I don't want to hear a peep out of someone who doesn't go to the polls and votes. You can't complain about a response or who's, in, who's been elected and who's not been elected if you didn't go and vote. It's our right as Americans. There's many people gave their life, gave their blood, gave everything that they have to receive for us to have the right to go to the polls on Tuesday and vote. You understand that? If you know anything about history, you should understand that hundreds of thousands of people died so that we could have the right to vote. It's a huge thing. And so the Christians who sit back and go, well, God's just going to take care of all of it. No, he wants you to be active. You need to go out and vote. It is your responsibility to vote as a Christian. It's your responsibility to investigate. It's your responsibility to research what's going on and say, I have, all the, I have everything that I need to understand, and this is the way I'm going to vote. I'm not mad at anyone who votes against what I would vote for. If you decide that you want to vote this way and I voted this way because these are the principles that you stood upon, you did your research and this is what you came up with, that's your choice. Great. Go with it. As long as you did the research, you found out the information and you found out what it is. God does not want to be silent. Listen, ultimately at the end of this sermon, the thing that I want you to understand and I want you to take away is that God wants to be active in every portion of your life. He wants to be incorporated in everything you do. He wants to be incorporated in your choices of television, movies, music. He wants to be incorporated in your family. He wants to be incorporated in what you do on when you're at home and you're sitting at the dinner table. Do you pray? He wants to be incorporated in this church and in every church. He wants to be incorporated in your choices of when you go to vote and what you think of the government. He wants to be incorporated in all those things. But the simple fact is that we have to incorporate him into our life for that to happen. We have to choose to allow him to do that. So today, may I encourage you 
before you go on Tuesday and vote, take some time to pray, to seek God's will for your life, for the future of this, uh, for the future of this country, and for the future of this community. Pray and ask him, what would he want? Will you pray with me, please? Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing, what you have done, and what you will do in our lives. Lord, we are so thankful for the, the authority that you have placed in our life, whether we like them or not, Father. There are some we like, some we don't like, and all in between. But Father, you call us to pray for them, and so we lift them up to you now. Father, may they lead this country. May they lead this community. May they lead this state in a Christian, perfect, principled way because you are guiding and directing them in that way. May we believe that you are incorporated in all that we do. And Father, even as we prepare to go to the voting booths on Tuesday, may you help us, Father, to hear from you, to pray to you, to seek to make the right choices based upon our Christian foundations. How would, we, how would you vote? Father, help us, Lord, to incorporate you in the government of our lives, the authority of our lives. May we, Father, finally, I just want to pray, Lord, that may we understand that all authority is granted by you. And so may we stand before our authority that's in our life <coughs> and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for that authority. Even though it may not be good and it may not feel good all the time, maybe they do something that aggravates me. Father, I thank you for placing that person in my life. May I seek your situation, your will for that person in my life. I have your direction, Father. We submit to that authority that's in our lives today, Father. We glorify you, Father. We honor you. We praise you. And we again lift up all of the government of the United States, Father. The pre uh, president, the vice president, the House of Representation, the Senate. Father, we pray for the, the, the uh, Supreme Court, we pray for the governors, we pray for the mayors, we pray for the township, we pray for all leadership that has been installed. Lord, we just ask you that you would guide us and direct us. And we lift them up to you now, giving you all authority, because you deserve it all, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.